Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 54, released on June 24th, 2009. My name is Steve Eunice, and joining me, as always, is Neil Bailey. G'day, Neil. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Getting over a cold, which has uh, been plaguing me for a week and a half or so, but uh, yeah, at the end of it. Yeah, that's good. I, I just said the same thing. It seems like everybody's getting sick of late. I guess it might be this just a bad summer for that. Yeah, or winter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're in the middle of winter down here, and it's bloody freezing, so uh, colds are going around. We have to um, we have to trade continents because, I mean, it's, it's like an oven here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's move into our topics of discussion. Uh, we'll start off with movie news because that's obviously the one that people keep hanging out for to see what's going on. Uh, there is nothing doing with the next Superman movie. We have not heard any information whatsoever. Um, any quotes you hear from Brian Singer, just uh, him going, uh, I don't know, I don't know, uh, I can't talk <laughs> about it, I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, kind of crazy. I, you know, I, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what will happen when he makes the movie if he'll keep doing the same thing or if he does, you know. Um, yeah. It's... Uh, been like it feels a lot like it did and i'm guessing about 2002 2003 where it's like yeah sure you're gonna make another movie pal you know it's like yeah. i wish they'd come out with something yeah well i mean back before superman returns was being made or was actually announced we kept hearing about you know different directors and different actors from you know nicholas cage to um you know matthew bomer and all these different names all being bandied about we had mcgee we had um, you know, a script by J.J. Abrams, we had um, Brett Ratner, we had all these names, uh, but at the moment we're actually, actually kind of in a, a void, we've got a vacuum, there's nothing, there is just no information whatsoever. Yeah, it's 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 just, I mean, I'm not even getting the fake scripts that I used to get, you know, like somebody exactly. would send me a fake script every couple of months, like, hey man, check it out, it's the real script, and then there'd be like 18 million errors, you know, and like <laughs> Mary Sue characters, and yeah. Yeah, but uh, on other movie news, uh, we're still waiting on the official trailer for Superman Batman Public Enemies, uh, the DVD that's coming out from Warner Animation. Uh, it's the next Superman or next animated DVD uh, that Warner Brothers are releasing after uh, the current Green Lantern one that's uh, you know about to hit uh, the stores. So it's um, yeah, it's something that uh, you know we've thought would be seeing by now. It, there was a an initial release of a trailer that uh, got leaked out onto the internet, which wasn't supposedly the final version, and uh, Warner Brothers, you know, pulled that down off the internet. So we're waiting for the official release of the trailer for Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. So is it uh, being delayed, or is it more like just they haven't gotten their uh, public relations team going on it? Well, I think it's just it, it, the one that was released was uh, a leaked version somehow. Uh, you don't know how these things come about, but um, it was put up on, uh, I think it was IMDB or IGN, one of those uh, websites, and they were made to pull it down, and uh, obviously in that time span that it was up there, people grabbed it and put it on YouTube, and then Warner Brothers started telling YouTube to bring it down, so I was told also by somebody from Warner Brothers, of course we had a version up on our website, uh, being told that, look, it's an early, it's actually an unfinished trailer, it's not ready for... Uh, public consumption yet, so uh, please pull it down, and you know, the official one will be coming soon enough, so when that will be, we just don't know. Uh, we know that there is an official DV uh, official website that is uh, that was publicised on that trailer, and that website hasn't uh, you know shown yet, it's still 
uh, you know, reading as uh, an unregistered uh, web, well, a registered website, but no website is actually there. So it's just a matter of being patient and waiting. Yeah, it's so weird the way that works, you know? It's like uh, like the whole Brian Singer whether he, announcing whether he can do Superman or not. You know, it's uh, I, I remember that when uh, when I did the Superman Returns video game junket. It's like they didn't want certain things to be shown and they did want other things to be shown. And half the stuff they want torn down is stuff that would just get people really, really jazzed up. I guess they're afraid of leaking too much. Who knows? Yeah, or peaking too early. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a whole range of uh, promotional stuff that they want to build up until you get to a certain point where they're ready to, you know, really uh, hit their straps. So, yeah, it's just a matter of being patient and waiting for yeah. those things to happen uh, in the time that they want them to happen. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, they, they, they can blow things, I guess. Like, if you see, a, like, a two- or three-minute preview of a show and, and that two- or three-minute pre preview isn't as good as, say, a trailer would be, you know, you yeah. start getting turned off of the product or whatever. Exactly. And sometimes the trailers put the best part <coughs> of the actual film in there, so... Uh, you know, seeing the trailer is not necessarily always <laughs> the best thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, let's move on to TV news. Um, obviously, Smallville Season 8 has, con has concluded. And yes. we're eagerly awaiting Season 9. And yes. we've already got casting news of Brian Austin Green being cast in the role of John Corbin, a.k.a. Metallo. Yes, I, I am um, probably guilty of jumping the gun and being too mean on this one, but that's just because when I was 10 or 11 years old, I think it was, uh, all I did was watch 90210 on the weekends because I was a, uh, uh, you know, I was a kid in the 90s. What are you going to do? But uh, <laughs> Brian Austin Green, if you remember him in that show um, as Brian, was uh, like uh, one of the most hideous examples of either bad acting or bad scripting that one has ever seen. You kind of see it now and you're just like, ah, but from what I hear, he's um, he's relatively good and established in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. I saw, I think, one episode with him in it, and he was okay. Okay. Now, I don't know if I if he screamed Batallo, but yeah. Well, I haven't actually seen uh, him in uh, in the Sarah Connor Chronicles, but um, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't really mind him. He looks okay in the part. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, it's a uh, character that's before. You know, Metallo loses his skin, I guess. But, um, yeah, interesting. It's another example of Smallville bringing in a character way before he's intended to meet Superman. Yeah, they're, uh, they, I don't think there's... I'm trying to think if there's any major villain that they haven't hit yet. Um, you know, before Superman is Superman. Um, God, they they even did Livewire. Uh, who am I thinking? Uh, what well, do we got? there's uh, no Darkseid, but... Um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, no Darkseid. We've had Mixie, we've had... Lex, we've had, you know, uh, Doomsday, uh, Toy Man, um, we've had a version of Parasite, haven't we? Yeah, oh yeah, but he was actually killed, I think, in the, uh, in the 21st episode of the last season, so, if I remember correctly. I guess only we're missing people like Prankster. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I can't think of too many yeah. others, are there, really? That's about it. They, they've really, had... they've, they've really kind of, uh, pulled every possible thing they could have out of the mythos to the point of where they're actually going back to Zod again, which, you know, I wouldn't mind if they do it right. Yeah, and we've also got uh, John Corbin being a member of the Daily Planet, supposedly taking over yeah. the position. Yeah, uh, I don't know about that. I know they got to use the sets, but oi. <laughs> you know, Corbin's supposed to be like a, a dumb doc schmuck, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, guess, like in almost every version. I guess we'll see a love triangle between him and Lois and Clark. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to have a coronary. To that. You're looking forward to yeah. it. 
<laughs> I'll give it a shot. I'll give it. I will give it a fair shot. I always do. Okay. Now, uh, for those who are wondering, Smallville season nine kicks off in the U.S. on Friday, September twenty-fifth. That's right. It's moved to Friday night at eight p.m. Uh, so uh, September twenty-fifth. Mark it down in your calendars. It should be good. I, I hope at least, you know, usually at least you can look forward to the premiere and the finale. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, supposedly John Corbin's in the first two episodes of the season, so I'm not sure if he's a season-long villain or if it's just a, um, you know, a couple of episodes uh, bringing in, opening up the season. The real question is if Johnny's got a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go there. Uh, well, no. All right. Now, uh, the only other TV news that I wanted to uh, mention was that this past month, or this really the past week, we've uh, celebrated, not celebrated actually, that's probably the wrong word, but marked the 50th anniversary of the death of George Reeves. It's hard to believe that uh, it's been 50 years since he's passed away. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it, it's it, I can't even... Like when I was a kid, I was thinking it, like thirty years ago was when the when the show was on, you know. <laughs> and now here it is, fifty years he's been dead. It's just kind of crazy. Yeah. So uh, George Reeves, one of the uh, first uh, Superman, and uh, well remembered by Superman fans all over the world. Yeah, it's it's too bad. I mean, it, it it's we had the the film to mark his death, but you know there there are debates as to whether it was faithful or not. But at least he's not being forgotten. We know that much. I mean, there's just as much interest in the old show as there was before, and uh, and because of it, maybe he's being um, he's being understood as an artist more than he was at the time. I would bet yeah. because people want to seek out and know who he was. The same thing. I'm getting like I'm reading a lot of Raymond Chandler lately, and apparently at the time that he was writing his books, he was much maligned, but kind of with the with the tragedy of of uh, not being remembered as perhaps he'd liked it, he kind of grows into a larger legend exactly and uh it's a shame really that uh, he didn't get to appreciate just how much uh his legacy has lived on uh you know we've got Noel Neal and Jack Larson who are still alive today thank god and uh living um proof of just how much superman fans appreciate what they did in the 1950s and uh they're still much loved yeah, I mean it's it's going to stand up. It's going to be the first example of a consistent, continuing Superman show, um, long after things like Smallville have bit in the dust. You know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's move into the comic books, and uh, we've probably got the, the the most important news was well, not necessarily for Superman fans, but for the Justice League fans, in that Robinson and Bagley are taking over the Justice League of America title. Interesting. I, you know, I still don't know what to think of it. I'm, I'm still so torn about Robinson's style. I don't know whether I like it or not. I mean, do you have the same feeling? Yeah, it's kind of waiting for him to hit, waiting for him to hit his straps, and he's had a long time now, and he just seems seems to not have um, uh, endeared himself to Superman fans. Um, he hasn't done anything wrong as such, but he just hasn't. We haven't warmed to him really. I think it's got the same, what I'm getting off of it is the same feeling I had with the Azzarello run. Not that he's a bad writer, but that maybe this isn't his subject matter. I yeah. don't know, but then again, because um, like, he, he has the Superman universe and he's kind of focusing on tangential side characters, but he's doing it in a beautiful way. I wonder if he's going to have a JLA that's kind of more in, the, um, more in the vein of the way it was for a couple of years there, where it kind of focused on side characters a little bit and developed the Martian Manhunter and... Uh, and um, uh, Manitou Raven and, uh, you know, characters that are a little bit tertiary. It might be interesting, but I know it can't possibly be worse than what's been going on with these weird milestone characters. I haven't gotten into any of that, even no. though, um, you know, 
I've been trying to uh, trying to get back into Jaily because it used to be one of my favorite regular books, and and I just I, I don't have much of a relation to Vixen or um or or Red Arrow or other characters that they've focused on in the recent past. Yeah, and uh, it'll be interesting to see Bagley's artwork um, in something that's not Trinity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and maybe if he he gets to take his time and focus a little more, um, it's not that Trinity was bad in the art respect; it's that. Uh, Maybe that uh, if you had more time to polish, it might be even better. Yeah, exactly. You know, a weekly uh, comic book series is probably a lot less time than uh, given a lot less time than a monthly series. So it'll be interesting to see his work on the JLA comic. Definitely. Now, one title that I'm actually looking forward to, and we're going back to the weekly series, but it's actually a a limited uh, weekly series, is the Wednesday comics. Uh, This new comic strip form uh that's uh you know being kicked off and is actually going to also be <coughs> incorporated into the usa today newspaper the superman strip will be published in the, the usa today newspaper which i think is an interesting um side uh venture for dc comics yeah it's, I, i'm wondering if they'll uh, continue it after this uh, little limited engagement is over because usa today is a heck of a lot of exposure but um you know, it's it's strange to see it going back to the uh, to the newspaper strips, given how newspaper strips seem to be flagging. But it's it's an awesome homage, I guess. I don't know what they're trying to uh, what what their goal is, but uh, it definitely is something unique, as opposed to say doing another weekly comic book series that you know is overly decons- uh, decompressed for for a long period of time. At least they're trying to do something new, and it may succeed or it may fail, but at least it's getting some notice, which is kind of neat. Yeah, I think, you know, probably the, the the area that they're looking at is that there are a lot of people who read newspapers, and especially USA Today, it's a national newspaper, if I'm correct, is that right? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, it's like uh, the one of the only newspapers you can find in every major venue in the United States. Uh, every time I go on an airplane, I tend to read it because it's got a it's got a very good generalized feeling of the news. It's it's kind of like Google News is now. It, it used to be the what what I used to use like Google News about ten years ago. Yeah, so um, you know, with such a wide uh, audience who maybe don't look at comic books anymore or never looked at a comic book, this might be you know an interesting way for them to. Uh, get some advertising out there for their comics, and people, you know, if they say, oh, look, this Superman comic strip is quite interesting, maybe I'll pick up the rest of the Wednesday comics uh, series to see what the other strips are like about the other characters. Yeah, well, they got Lee Bermijo on it, right? Was I looking at that right? Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah, yeah, he was. He, uh, you know, I've always admired his art when he uh, when he's on. It's it's kind of weird. He he, use, he just uses the movie style uh, villains and heroes quite a lot. But uh, I'm interested to see what he's doing. Yeah, well, it's an uh, interesting time for weekly comic books. Uh, it's something different. Uh, thank God they're not doing another yearly weekly series. But uh, Wednesday comics <laughs> is uh, or so that... we think. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wednesday comics yeah. is something that I'll be looking forward to because it's a, a unique and uh, and a different. Um, way of looking at comic books, so uh, I'll be interested in that. Um, and mentioning weekly comic books, uh, Trinity is over. Like we mentioned, it's gone. It's, yes. done, it's dusted. It's all, you know, all all done. You know, uh, that's that's a good point too. As I'm thinking about it, when you mentioned the Wednesday Wednesday comic and another weekly being a bad thing, you know, I I never really thought fundamentally that the uh, problem was that they did a weekly comic because obviously 52 proved that it could be really really great. Yeah. Uh, 
I think that uh, the the problem was they, they they went at it like with with a very narrow uh, focused on one when they started focusing on one major creator like Paul Dini or Kurt Busiek. That's when it kind of started falling apart a little bit. When it's when it was one larger story with a whole bunch of subplots that were actually really cared for and thought about. It was quite good. Um, so to see Trinity end is is very. <laughs> <laughs> very, very relieving. It's the first weekly that I did every review for, um, and that was fatiguing enough. But beyond that, the problem was that I couldn't review uh, something new every week. At least most, of the, at least with Countdown, some strange, weird, different thing was happening every week, even if it all had the same writing flaws. But um, Trinity was just the same darn thing over and over again, and it was padded and padded and padded. And oh god, I'm I I I, I don't know. I I have nothing good to say about that series beyond the first issue, and that's very, very rare for something that's six inches long to say nothing to 52. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it, don't get me wrong, I'm not against the idea of weekly comics. I actually prefer to have a comic book each week to read. It's just that being a 52 weekly series, and not being a very good one, you felt trapped. You know, it's like, can I drop it? Should I drop it? I can't drop it. I've already invested so many weeks into it. Uh, maybe it will get better. It just it felt like you were trapped and that you just had no way out and you just felt like, I can't quit, um, but I'm really struggling to keep going. Well, to give you an idea, I'm like looking at my trade shelf right now as we're talking and I see all kinds of stuff and I look at like what, what was accomplished in the, what was it, 12 issues that were the return of Superman or like say... 50 issues of Powers, or 50 issues of The Goon, or 50 issues of The Walking Dead, and you can literally go through four years of stories. Four oh, yeah. years worth of stories. And if you thought it out, and if you blocked it out, and if you put the heart into each issue that, say, you put into every monthly issue, it could be a really epic undertaking um, that, that, that says a lot about everybody involved. You could focus on so many characters. It's just that um, somehow it gets lost in the mix or maybe in the pet characters or who knows what happens. But um, I don't know. It's it, it's hard to say. I, I don't know what I'd do in that situation if I had 52 issues like that. But um, I know that it's, it's one of those things that can either really, really succeed, we've seen, or really, really fail. And going into it, you better know it's going to really, really succeed. Who knows? Yeah, no, you need to have it blocked out better than what uh, Busiek did, and uh, 52 issues was way too long for the story that he told. It could have literally... I'm I, That story could have been told in 12 issues comfortably. Yeah, 18 sure. issues way decompressed, and 6 issues in a pinch. Yep. You know? Yep. All right, well, let's not waste any more time on Trinity. It's it's over. It's gone. It's a year of... Yay! Yeah. But uh, talking about Superman comics, we've uh, touched JLA and Wednesday comics and now Trinity. But Superman comics, um, are you of the opinion that the main titles are suffering from not having Superman in every book? I don't think so. I no. think his presence is felt in every book, myself. I mean, even the uh, the Monel storyline with the Guardian, um, the the uh, Nightwing and Flamebird, they're all intimately touched by the Superman universe. And it see, it feels actually more like... I'm getting a Superman story, you know, with what Superman is doing. Okay. In a, in a surrounding universe. 
like uh, what's going on in Metropolis, what's going on on the Kryptonian side of things. It, it's actually quite cool. I feel kind of like um, it, in the early '90s, you probably you probably know what I'm talking about. I felt like there was there was a whole universe around Superman. You had Cadmus, you had Star yeah. Labs, you had uh, Bibbo's Bar, you had the Underground, you had um, Space. And all of these things just would appear occasionally, and you know they'd be coming back eventually. And then we had a bunch of years where there were Superman-focused stories centered around the creators writing Superman, and no attempt to make a real coherent universe. And now I feel like it's coherent universe again. I'm not really missing Superman because he's kind of there. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, and uh, you know I'm, I'm interested in what's going on with uh, uh, you know the Nightwing and Flamebird story. It's kind of a bit you know a bit of a mystery there, and a bit, you know there's a lot of intrigue. Um, and the Supergirl story, while we're not getting a lot of detail on Supergirl herself, there is a lot of intrigue, in, you know, with the lanes, with Lois, and you know her reaction to uh, the, you know, Lucy's uh, death, and and Sam Lane, and you know just what's going on there, and and some of these, you know, um, other characters that we're seeing that Sam Lane uses, like codename Patriot or whatever his name is, and and another woman who he keeps talking to. I'm not even sure who they are, and yet uh, I'm interested. Yeah, because it, it feels like they're going to be developed over time and it's all going to culminate. I, I get a real feeling that this is something that when we read it in the trade is going to feel a lot like some of the better trades of old, like the um, your your Return of Superman, Death and Return of Superman kind of thing, or um, what, what's another good example? Um, there, there haven't been many in the more recent years, but um, it feels like everything is working towards something, and maybe it'll end well, maybe it won't, but at least right now I'm having a good time. Yeah, I think the only one that I'm not that jazzed about is the Monel uh, storyline with the science police, and it just hasn't hooked me in as much as the others have, uh, maybe because we haven't got many of the regular cast members. Okay, we've got, you know, uh, Lois is involved with uh, Nightwing and Flamebird's story, and um, you know, she's also involved, as is uh, Lana, with uh, Supergirl's story. And but uh, with Monel, we're not really getting much of the known Superman universe. It's more of the new stuff, like the Science Police and um, Guardian, and that that kind of angle. Yeah, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to like those characters. The problem is they haven't done anything yet, and I imagine when they actually get to doing something, it'll be quite interesting. But uh, as of right now, it's basically just introduce them, introduce them, introduce them, show a little character quirk again and again and again. Um, if we see some kind of broader development or maybe something happening, as it was kind of hinted, you know, when they they find that creature or whatever it is at Cadmus, mm. it's like, oh, okay, maybe the plot's going to start rolling now. Um, but it hasn't really opened up yet beyond the establishment of Monel's major arc dilemma, which yeah. who knows it could be resolved by the end of next issue for all we know because it hasn't been consistent in the way that it's executed. I'm with you there. Yeah, um, and, it's uh, still... sorry, I was just oh, going to go say ahead. I just want to touch on something you said. You mentioned that you've, they've introduced characters, but they haven't necessarily developed them, and um, that I've got that feeling particularly in regards to they're trying to introduce some. Uh, personal characters for Monel, like his the the woman who lives in his apartment block who you get an impression that they might be a kind of in a relationship uh there or was it a man sorry a man that was in his apartment yeah. block who owns the, the, the shop owner um there was that that woman who's new to the science police team who you know kind of befriended him and you, you just kind of there's all these little personal characters who are in jonathan kent's life which is his obviously his secret identity yet we haven't necessarily learnt much about them and how they you know, react to him and how he reacts to them and 
um, you know, that's kind of the, the stuff I miss, just some, some of the personal uh, relationships. Yeah, I think, um, I think James Robinson might be suffering from the fact that he doesn't realize how fast the year goes by with these comic books, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have 3,000 pages. He's got 22, you know? Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how he goes. I, I, uh, I forgive a lot for the fact that he waxed Squad K last issue. <laughs> you know, that, that forgives quite a lot. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's uh, move away from the comic books. Really, the only other thing I wanted to touch on in our discussions was the Superman celebration, the 2009 Superman celebration, the 31st uh, Superman celebration took place in Metropolis, Illinois, uh, in the middle of June. So um, it was a, a great success by all accounts. And if you're waiting to see the videos that Jamie Kelly and Rhonda Marson have put together, they were our Clark Kent and Lois Lane reporting from the Superman celebration. They're coming. Those videos are coming. Believe me, you're going to be impressed by them. Um, Jamie's put up an explanation on the website as to why they've been delayed, um, but uh, they look. I look forward to seeing them. I'm sure you all will too. Oh yeah, Jamie and Kelly are are, are brilliant. They're going to do a good job. I shot. I, I shot a little. Su- What's that? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, duh. Sorry, I'm reading off the script, Jamie. Don't kill me, Jamie and Rhonda. Do not kill me. But no, we we uh, shot something. Um, what was in the uh, what was the name of that newspaper? It was it was the Daily Planet, wasn't it? Well, it's the Metropolis or, Planet, yeah. Because the it's Metropolis not a daily Planet, newspaper. that's right. I knew there was some difference because of the copyright, but yeah, we we shot some stuff in there, and that was a heck of a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I can't I can't wait. I really wish I could have been there this year, but uh, I'm hoping next year I can get to go back. But well, uh, by all accounts, they had a great time, and uh, we will look forward to those videos. They will be posted online in the coming week or so. Uh, Jamie's over in uh, Japan at the moment. He's a singer, a performer, and um, does a great job. So uh, uh, obviously he's uh, done this as a labor of love for us, and we look forward to seeing those videos when he can post them up. And um, believe me, there's a lot to look forward to because I've uh, he's told me about what some of the stuff they covered, and uh, so just seeing some of the photos from other people in Metropolis this year, uh, you seem to see Jamie and Rhonda with their Superman homepage and WGBS uh, microphone. Uh, in nearly all the photos of all the events, you know, whether it be the the baseball game, whether it be um, you know the Q and A, whether it uh, be something in front of the Superman statue, they're always they're always about. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all the different videos that Jamie and Rhonda have put together for us. Right on. I now, hope to see them too. Yeah, the other other thing that they uh, will be covering, I'm sure, was the Noel Neal statue breaking, uh, the ground breaking statue for Noel's statue. Get that out eventually. Um, that statue has <laughs> been in the in the process for a while now, and it's just a matter of raising funds. But uh, it couldn't it couldn't happen for it to an isolated, could it? No, I mean I I, I just saw her last uh, last time in Seattle, and, and and over the years she's just become someone that's been a constant for me. I I, I really I, I treasure Noel Neal, and I I hope the heck that it's a, a fitting uh, monument. And I think uh, I think that it's one of those things that just. It's been a long time coming, and it and it should have been done sooner. You know, it, it it's um she she's been everybody's favorite Lois for God how long fifty sixty years now almost yes sixty years about almost sixty years and and it's just it's something that I'm just, I'm just glad to see happen. I was worried that uh, that it wouldn't happen sooner, and and it and it just it's good to see. Yeah, so uh, they uh, had a ceremony where they uh, tossed some soil and uh, set up the groundwork for the statue. They're still selling bricks, so if you want to get involved 
with uh, some of the fundraising to fund the uh, making of the statue, you can get involved and uh, metropolistourism.com will be the place where you can uh, have a look. I think there's also noelnealstatue.com if you're interested in purchasing a brick to help raise money for the statue for this great and much-loved lady. Let's start with the big question. Okay, big question segment of the show. Last month, we asked the question, what was your opinion of this season 8 finale of Smallville? Now, uh, Neil and I have pretty much made our um, thoughts known on the, on the subject. Uh, was there anything yeah. you wanted to add, Neil? Uh, just a toilet flushing sound, but I don't have that sound effect board on me. <laughs> no worries. Well, let's get into the responses that we did get from the big question. And Calvin Bowes wrote, I really hated the last season last season finale of Smallville. It felt like we were being given a big build-up that led to nothing, and it just established my feeling that this show must announce that season 9 is the last. They need to end with him becoming Superman, and then say goodbye and go off in syndication. As far as I feel, this show has outstayed its welcome and needs to end on a high. It has already given us too many lows. Hmm. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta admit, though, it has given us a lot of highs, though. Oh, for sure. Alrighty, Jeremy Petrovich wrote, The finale utterly destroyed any faith I had in Smallville getting better. We went through a whole season of garbage for the fight, if it can be called that, between Clark and Doomsday, and was rewarded with one punch and a tackle. That was forgivable, but what killed the show for me was Jimmy not being Jimmy. That was a slap to the face. I watched the show with my wife, and she can't stand it, and she's even in the CW's target demographic. Needless to say, our days are done with Smallville. Yeah, that Jimmy thing, aye, that's still, I'm still getting letters about that. Mm, that's interesting that uh, Jeremy's decided to ditch the show, so... So, uh, not good there. Steve, uh, who this one? No, Miller wrote, This year's season finale was anticlimactic. A good show, but a poor finale. Simple, short but but simple. Yeah, seems pretty unanimous so far. Um, Brandon L. Woolridge wrote, What did I think of the season 8 finale of Smallville? Well, I can't say since I quit watching the show this year. Ouch. It got to the point where I was watching more to see what happens next rather than enjoying the show. Kind of like my experience with Lost. Smallville is, has so gloriously derailed, and its abandonment on Friday nights next season is living proof of that. It's farewell, Smallville. It's been forgettable. Hey, and at least at Lo- on Lost you have the occasional redhead. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Brad's not a fan there. So, okay, David Lewis wrote, Hey guys, in response to the big question, I would like to say that I was very disappointed in the season 8 finale of Smallville. After 8 years, why can't they do what the fans want? Make him Superman! It seems they have no intention of doing that, and now I have no intention or interest in continuing to watch the show, and that breaks my heart. Anyway, you guys rock. Keep up the good work. Well, thanks, David. We appreciate your kind comments. Yeah, thanks, David. John wrote, I liked the ending Smallville, but at the same time, there's some things that I didn't like, like Green Arrow's constant obsession or uh, with having to kill any, everyone. But what I really didn't like was, most of all, was Clark's constant anger, and it's coming to a head with him so angry and ticked off he wants to give up being human or give up his humanity, all because he failed. For me, I don't like that angry young man theme. It's not Clark. He's more human than alien. I don't like it ending with that. A 7 out of 10. Okay, that's from John. Well, Mike D wrote, My opinion on the small finale... Epic fail. But seriously, <laughs> I feel apathetic towards the entire show and only watch it to read Neil's review anyway. Oh, well, thank you. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> that's uh, epic fail. It's be, uh, I- I'd say, the return of Lana. That was uh, yeah, <laughs> that was more of like a, a-, a fail fail. But fail, anyway, fail. 
Yeah. Mikey B wrote, Well, it's a good thing they fixed the Jimmy problem. I mean, we wouldn't want the show to play by its own rules. <laughs> the rest of the show was okay, and even though it is a short scene, it was cool to see a live-action version of Clark vs. Doomsday. I agree. What little they showed was, was something that I was hoping to see. There we go. Okay, and the last one is from Tim Murphy, who wrote, I don't think it's a secret that Superman fans are no strangers to disappointment in Smallville. That said, Season 8 is the most I've enjoyed Smallville since Season 5. All in all, a pretty standard teen drama with the occasional Superman moment that'll give me that'll have me geeking out and hold me over for a few weeks. But to tease a throwdown between Clark and Doomsday, only to have them literally throw each other down, bogus. Still, Doomsday is, super, is a super leap over the mega eye-rolling Season 7 finale. This is true. I will. I will agree. The uh, the the. I don't know. It, it, it's a it's a tough question whether that uh, the singular dismissal of of Jimmy was better than just the kind of random disappearance of Lex Luthor. But anyway. Okay. So uh, that's all the responses we got from last month's big question. And Neil, I believe you have another big question for us this month. Yeah. Sure. This thing with the Smallville flavor. The new big question is: What do you think of the casting of Brian Austin Green as Metallo? Even if you don't have an opinion on his casting, what do you think of Metallo coming to Smallville at all? Yep. And feel free to use 90210-laden metaphors, because that will make me very pleased. <laughs> yeah, so if you've got an opinion of the casting, or just on the idea of having Metallo in Smallville, let us know by using the big question button found at the Radio KAL webpage, and send your entry in. We'll read out all the submissions in next month's Radio KAL podcast, so get involved, um, just send an email, or if you prefer, you can record your own uh, response to this big question, and we will play it in the next podcast. So get involved either way to the big questions segment of the show. Captain Sawyer reaches the end of her investigation. What the hell do you think you're doing? I am questioning your staff medic as part of my ongoing investigation. Their protocols are followed. You cannot interrogate one of my subordinates without... Shut the hell up or I will cuff you right now. Do you know what you did to Branford? Do you know what he did to the people of the city? To me? How many lives have to be ruined before somebody around here will admit their goddamn mistakes? Brainiac completes his mission. Brainiac! Greetings, son of Jor-El. Whatever you're doing, stop! This relay controls the main power grid! You'll- Irrelevant. I will take what I require. And acquires an ally. Whoa! Crazy robot man! And Superman has been pushed to his limit. Mark! Stop! Stop! He's unconscious! I will not put up with this anymore! Be there for the season 4 finale of Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, in issue 54 on June 24th, 2009, only at PendantAudio.com. It's a showdown in Metropolis as Supergirl and Metallo take on Ajax. Who? I don't... I don't get it. How could that thing shoot down Supergirl? Isn't she, like, Superman's niece or something? Ugh. You're gonna have to try harder if you want to make a mission statistic out of me. Woohoo! You get him, girl! Impact shield at 90%. I got your 90% right here. Is that Tally? <gasps> Tally! Look out! Uh-oh. Hey, leave the building standing, will you? Um, guys, 
Shouldn't we be, you know, getting the hell out of here? Don't miss the next action-packed episode of Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton. Coming June 24th at PendantAudio.com. No, I don't think you made the free throw. Bailey's Bookshelf. Ah, the man who stole my bookshelf, my evil twin. Yes, Michael Bailey has returned once again to review another Superman trade paperback, so we'll hand over to Michael. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Bailey's Bookshelf, the feature here on Radio KAL, where once a month I walk over to the bookcase and pick out a Superman trade or hardcover to discuss. This month I am jumping into the Wayback Machine and traveling 15 years into the past to discuss the awkwardly titled Superman Doomsday Hunter Prey Trade. Originally, this was a three-issue prestige format series that came out in April, May, and June of 1994 and first saw the trade paperback treatment in August of 1995. Dan Jurgens wrote and penciled the series with inks by Brett Breeding. I was 18 years old and a senior in high school when this came out, and I vividly remember how big of a deal this was, not only for me, but also as kind of a minor comic book event. There was even this really awesome t-shirt that had Doomsday's fist punching through the S symbol that was recently re-released or redone by Graffiti Images. This series was going to tell us the origin of Doomsday, and after nearly two years since the death of Superman, I was more than ready for this bad boy to come out. In fact, it was one of those series where I remember where I was and what I was doing when the first issue hit the stands. I actually read it on the bus while traveling to Washington, D.C. on my senior trip. You know, there was a lot of good reading to be had on that trip, actually. I had the first parts of the Fall of Metropolis storyline that was going on in the main Superman books, so it was a really great time to be reading the Superman titles all in all. The story and origin itself still holds up after 15 years. If you haven't read this yet and haven't wiki Doomsday's origin, this is your spoiler warning, but Doomsday, it turns out, was created 250,000 years ago on the planet Krypton, which is one of the main reasons Doomsday came gunning for Clark when he broke out of his restraints. In addition to that origin, there was also a Doomsday versus Darkseid battle, the return of the Cyborg, an appearance by Matthew Ryder and Wave Rider, and Superman got a fancy new pair of duds thanks to a mother box. I really liked that suit, too, so much so that I bought the action figure set a year or so later when the Superman the Man of Steel line hit toy shelves. If memory serves, that toy line and that set also served as the first time Doomsday got the action figure treatment. If you can't find the actual hunter-prey trade, which runs about $15, I would suggest shelling out the extra $4 and getting the Superman Doomsday Omnibus, which reprints this three-issue series, the Doomsday Year One Annual, the Doomsday Wars three-issue prestige format series, Adventures of Superman number 594, and Superman number 175. Both volumes feature an introduction by Dan Jurgens that was originally intended for the 1995 trade, which details the behind-the-scenes creation of Doomsday, as well as some sketches and other neat little bits of business. Well, that is it for this month. If you have a suggestion as to what I should cover next month or in the future, just leave a comment 
here at the homepage, private message me, or drop Steve a line. Also, remember to check out From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast that I host with fellow Superman homepage staffer Jeffrey Taylor. Every Thursday, we continue our five-year mission to go through just about every Superman book published between 1986 and 2006. And now, back to Stephen Neal. Thank you, Michael. So, if you've got a suggestion for Michael, maybe there's a trade paperback that you would like him to review in a future podcast, email us or email Michael, and uh, I'm sure he'll try to use your suggestion in a future show. Super secret soundbite time. How many did we get this month? Well, uh, last month's sound came from the Smallville Season 6 episode titled Promise, and nine people guessed it correctly. And those nine people were Lance Zeline, Nelda Mormon, Stephen Holmes, Ismail Perez, Andre Suarez, Cayman Stoll, Jonathan Zork, Alana Haggerty, and Guthrie McLean. Congratulations, guys. Yes, well done. That's uh, nine people. That's probably more than we've gotten in, in quite a while, so uh, maybe those nine people and a few more can guess which episode from of Smallville this sound came from. I am your boss. Merry Christmas, Lois. So, if you think you know which episode of Smallville that sound came from, use the Super Secret Soundbite entry form found at the website and submit your entry. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out in the next Radio KAL podcast. Superman song time. Let me guess, you got Britney Spears bald doing a song about Lex Luthor. Uh, no, that would be an interesting one, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, disappointing that she never did one of those, but uh, we've actually got a song, funnily enough, called Superman, and it's by Alanis Morissette. Now, it's from 1991, oh. and I'm led to believe that this song is from Alanis's first CD, and because, because her style and image changed after this was released... The album and this song, uh, the album that this song was on, uh, has since been withdrawn from circulation. So probably difficult to find, but here it is on Radio KAL, Superman by Alanis Morissette.
And there you have it. What did you think of it? Oh, it was pretty Alanis Morissetti. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. That's Neil's review of the song. But uh, That's right. That's the show for another month. Um, remember, if there's a suggestion, if you have a suggestion for Neil and I to discuss a certain topic, uh, maybe there's a trade paperback that you'd like Michael Bailey to review. Maybe there's a big question that you'd like us to pose in a future podcast. Maybe there's a song that you'd like us to play. Well, all those suggestions can be sent to us using the KAL feedback uh, button found at the website. Send your submissions in, and Neil and I will endeavour to use those suggestions in a future podcast. Well, oh, Neil, right. that's the show. Um, thank you again for your input. Yes, thank you. I'm Neil Bailey, the only man to turn Alanis Morissette into an adjective. You say classy. You, you, you. I didn't know. You've been listening to Radio KAL from supermanhomepage.com. <laughs> <laughs>